PPE Best Practices in Nursing Home Settings, a conversation with Jennifer Brown. This webinar included a visual PowerPoint presentation. To view a video recording, visit the link in the description of this podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who's interested to attend. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights. Today's webinar topic is PPE, best practices in nursing home settings. And now I'd like to introduce our speaker today, Jennifer Brown. Jennifer is a quality improvement specialist and infection preventionist at Quality Insights. She is a registered nurse with over 10 years of experience in a variety of healthcare settings, most recently as Director of Staff Development and Infection Prevention in Long-Term Care. She has also led several quality improvement and infection control initiatives in acute and ambulatory settings. Jennifer, welcome, and thank you for joining us again today. Thanks, Kathy. Glad to be here today. Welcome, everyone. We are going to be talking about PPE best practices in nursing home settings today. Um, during this time of the year, we're in the midst of influenza season. Uh, there's a lot of um, respiratory illnesses that are circulating around. So I just wanted to give a overview of best practices and um, provide just a quick refresher on PPE. So uh, just a quick introduction about PPE in nursing homes. We uh, utilize PPE to help uh, break the chain of infection. It's a really important part of providing uh, protection to residents and staff to prevent the spread of outbreaks and uh, illnesses within facilities. So PPE is really important because uh, it protects vulnerable populations who may be more susceptible to infections, especially elderly residents. Uh, it guards healthcare workers from exposure to infectious agents, including caregiving activities, and provides a crucial line of defense in the case of unexpected outbreaks or infectious disease emergencies. Uh, minimizes the risk of cross-contamination between residents, staff, and different areas within the facility. So we'll talk a little bit about the current state of PPE in nursing homes. I know just a couple years ago, uh, we faced several challenges um, in procuring PPE. Um, now that we are out of the uh, public health emergency and things are improved with COVID-19, uh, the uh, PPE is readily available. Uh, we're able to get masks, uh, N95s, gowns, gloves, you know, just really easily. Um, and it's important to, um, you know, acknowledge the uh, PPE shortages that are mostly resolved at this time. But there are still some challenges in uh, getting uh, specific types of PPE, especially with um, N95 making sure that we're getting the same type, uh, picking the best ones for our facilities so that we can properly mass fit. Uh, that's something that some uh, facilities are still you know, faced with right now. Um, and also staff training and compliance with everyone being very short staff. Um, you know, it's hard to uh, utilize that um, training uh, schedule, but I always recommend 
uh, when we're doing our staff training, um, even micro learns, um, short in services can really reinforce some of the uh, best practices that we're going to go through today. Another challenges that are being faced is mass fatigue. Um, at this point of you know the COVID nineteen pandemic, you know uh, staff uh, does complain a lot about keeping the mass on for long periods of time. However, uh, it's important. It's a really important part of our PPE program. So uh, I would recommend you know coming up with strategies to mitigate that that challenge. Uh, one thing that I've seen people do is uh, provide a break area where, you know, the person can be by themselves um, and take a break from wearing the mask for a while. Um, other things that can do is make sure that they're fit properly so it doesn't provide a necessary strain on the ears or on the face um, when they're being worn for a long period of time. Another challenge in staff training um, is making sure to uh, reinforce the proper donning and doffing procedures. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, when we're going about our, our workflow, um, you know, we're trying to go quick in and quick out, but that donning and doffing procedure is really important uh, to uh, reinforce with them because that is the time when there's the biggest risk of cross-contamination. And we'll go a little bit more into that uh, in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the impact on resident and staff safety. Um, you know, having strong PPE protocols uh, are, gives a, a big, big impact in the overall infection prevention program, uh, protecting the vulnerable population, and uh, reducing the risk of that cross-contamination. Um, it also helps with outbreak prevention and staff infection prevention, which can be a real challenge, um, you know, especially if a lot of staff gets ill, um, contributing more to staffing shortages. So we'll talk a little bit about the types of PPE in nursing homes. Uh, we have a lot of different types of PPE available. Um, different categories that we have are masks, gowns, gloves, and face shields. We'll talk a little bit about uh, standard precautions. These are general infection prevention practices that apply to all resident care, regardless of a suspected or confirmed infection. This includes the use of hand hygiene, the use of PPE, sharp safety, and environmental infection control. These are sort of um, things that we do just to protect ourselves and our residents uh, because you just never know when someone has an infection that hasn't quite uh, come into full um, force yet. And you wanna take care not to uh, contract anything from someone. Um, if we can help it. So all transmission precautions uh, that we'll talk about are in addition to standard precautions. These precautions should be done across the board, especially hand hygiene, which is our best first defense against uh, breaking those chains of infections. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, contact precautions. PPE required for uh, contact precautions are, of course, standard precautions, but also gown and gloves. Uh, healthcare personnel caring for residents on contact precautions wear gown and gloves for all interactions that might involve direct contact 
with the resident or potentially contaminated areas of the resident's environment. For droplet precautions, we're going to use standard precautions plus a mask. Airborne precautions, we're going to utilize uh, the standard precautions plus N95 respirator or pepper if the person is not able to tolerate an N95 or if they have a full beard or some other contraindication for uh, utilizing an N95. When having residents on airborne precautions, the preferred placement is in an airborne infection isolation room. Then we have COVID-19 precautions. COVID-19 precautions, I want to utilize our standard precautions, but also N95 respirator, gloves, gowns, and face shields when we're providing uh, direct care to our residents. And also advanced I'm sorry, enhanced barrier precautions, which is a type of infection control uh, intervention that aims to reduce the transmission of multi-drug resistant organisms in nursing homes. So these precautions involve wearing a gown, gloves, um, while providing high contact resident care activities. These activities include dressing, bathing, showering, transferring the resident, uh, changing their linens, providing hygiene, um, and any device care or wound care. So when we're doing our PPE, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, donning and doffing is really important to remember the procedure for this, because uh, this is the area where you're most likely to get cross-contamination. The first thing that needs to go on is your gown. Uh, make sure that it's fully covering the torso, not just sort of draped over the arms and just hanging down. Uh, make sure that it's tied at the neck and in the back um, at the waist. Uh, we also want to use a mask next, then uh, goggles or their face shield, and then gloves. When taking your PPE off or doffing, you want to take the gloves off first. Make sure that uh, when doing that, you're careful not to contaminate your skin uh, because whatever infectious agent was on the outside will now you know, have the potential to get on your body. So make sure to uh, grasp the outside of the glove uh, with the opposite hand and peel off. Make sure not to snap because then that infectious agent can be spread, you know, without the uh, around the environment of care um, on the resident or on yourself. So make sure to just peel it off um, and then hold the glove um, in the unaffected hand and then, to, you know, use the uh, next hand to uh, take off the, the initial glove. Then um, after gloves are taken off, uh, take off the goggles and the gown and then your mask or respirator. There have been some recent updates and guidelines surrounding the PPE. Uh, we've talked about that um, in the past um, webinars, but you know there have been some changes in mask usage. It's not you know just a universal um, mask protocol. It depends heavily on your uh, uh, county 
positivity rates, your county hospitalization, hospitalization rates. Um, the best way to stay informed about changes and guidance is uh, going to the CDC website, uh, your state and local guidance, and then also CMS, uh, which provides guidance on which PPE should be used um, within the nursing home. So as I mentioned, you know, it's really important to train your staff on proper PPE usage, uh, make sure they're aware of strategies to, um, you know, utilize the proper donning and doffing, what um, PPE they should be using for which situation. Um, there are some strategies that educators can use to get that information out to their staff such as microlearn opportunities um, and hands-on demonstration. Um, a lot of um, opportunities are available to utilize your glow germ. Um, sometimes people use chocolate pudding or um, shaving cream to provide hands-on real-life demonstrations on how to properly don and doff your PPE. And also uh, CDC's Project First Line is a great resource for education on infection control issues. Uh, and they have um, short snippets of video that you can utilize during your education, PowerPoints um, and uh, print resources that you can print out um, in order to uh, get that information out to your staff. These are just some um, resources that I find helpful when educating uh, staff and residents on PPE, uh, quality insights, of course. Uh, we have tons of resources available on our website on these issues. Project First Line, as I mentioned, uh, CDC, uh, they have a transmission-based precaution website uh, where you can find great resources there and also OSHA, uh, which has uh, information about, you know, utilizing the respiratory protection plan and making sure your plan is up to date. Does anyone have any questions? I see that there is a hand raised. So Michelle, you uh, should now be able to unmute yourself to ask your question. Yes, I was wondering, she was talking about the availability of masks. So when we do our fit testing, if we then have to get a different brand of mask or a different style of mask, do we then have to re-fit test everyone? Yes, unfortunately, you know, the fit testing is specific to the mask. Uh, while you're doing your fit testing, the staff member should be, um, you know, tested on your available mask, which one fits them properly, and then document what mask they should be using, what respirator, what mask respirator they should be using. Um, if you have a change in your availability, you have to make sure that the mask that you're replacing uh, your current stock with actually fits the staff member. Thank you. Thanks for your question, Michelle. And I think that's it. So I think I can go ahead and wrap us up then. Jennifer, thank you for joining us again this week and for this great presentation. And we thank all of you for joining us and hope to see you back here again next week. And happy holidays to everybody. Thank you, everyone. Happy holidays. If you would like to contact Jennifer Brown, you can email her at jbrown 
at qualityinsights.org. You can check out our other interviews at qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia.